0: Tatiana, what is selective hearing?
1: Ultimately, as the name suggests, selective hearing is a occurrence whereby we only pick up particular auditory stimuli, right? So, for example, uh, a conversation, picking only parts of it or picking up only a person's voice uh, or picking up. Uh, particular noises and it's something that happens to everyone often something that is unconscious so say when you are uh, very focused on a particular task uh, a lot of people will develop selective hearing only on things that are related to that task and then when people walk in and start calling their names or if there is a background noise they almost don't even realize it's happening right so it's not something that is uh, naturally uh, intentional um, although we do refer to it as sort of conversationally as something that people do when they don't want to listen um, so yeah it's just a phenomenon that happens with people
0: okay so you know why do our children sometimes practice selective hearing on purpose
1: mm. <laughs> mm. on purpose <laughs> well I think I think so, if I they're mean, practicing
0: it it is on purpose right
1: <laughs> yes exactly so I mean barring any sort of sensory issues that we've talked about in previous shows about kind of uh, sort of sensory uh, dis. Uh, oh my God, SPD, so sensory processing difficulties or uh, sensory processing uh, disorders that would make it so that the child kind of just processes naturally, sounds sort of differently. Uh, Children are just picking up things um, if it kind of Benefits. I know this sounds really horrible, um, but for example, if a child had learned that tuning certain people out got them an outcome that they wanted, so say if mom kind of made a lot of noise about wanting them to do their homework or doing something in particular, and they figured out that when I kind of pretend like I'm not listening, mom tends to quieten down, it becomes a learned response, right? So they are mm-hmm. enabling the child's behavior um, or the child's behavior is being supported by ignoring it, right? So that becomes something where a child can kind of interact intentionally practice
0: it that's mm. something that we can can control but what if it becomes like slightly a more serious issue let's talk about that next
1: So, Katjana, when does
0: selective hearing become a bigger issue?
1: It becomes a problem when it starts affecting their ability to process any type of sound or verbal instruction, right? So when people become so good at selective hearing, where their brain tunes out almost everything that is coming at them, then that becomes an issue. So you're starting to see kids who might present with, like, memory issues because they're not able to remember instructions or homework and constantly leaving things all over the place. And that's got nothing to do with the fact that their memory is really bad. Bad, but more because their brain is not processing the auditory stimuli that's coming in through their through their ears, right? So in that particular respect, it can get really bad.
0: So you're saying sort of in a way that they are practicing tuning someone out. Say it's a mm. teacher, for example, they're not hearing what's being set for homework or yes. help. So basically, they're going to cause, oh. come into issues at right. play because they're, they're dropping important vital information. Is that what you're saying?
1: Yes. So it's almost like as if, you know, I don't remember it because I didn't hear it. Right? So it's not that they physically didn't hear it, they tuned it out right so selective hearing can be quite functional because you know like i said i think any of uh, all of us have been in situations where we've been in a crowded room and everybody's speaking at once but you're having a private conversation and you're able to focus Tune on in. just the yes. person mm. exactly because your brain is filtering out all the sort of noise that's happening yeah. in the room around you yeah. so it can to an extent be very uh, functional and very helpful but sometimes like you said when it gets to the point where kids are tuning out everything because they're fixated on a particular time, task um, and this is so relevant for kids with learning issues for example very common with kids with things like add or adhd mm. um, and so it it runs the risk of them missing information altogether
0: right How do we know if our child is selectively hearing us as a power play versus Mm. having a more serious issue?
1: Ultimately, it boils down to kind of persistence, right? So the child, like I mentioned earlier, if a child is doing it intentionally, that's because at some point in their development or at some point in their childhood, they've learned that when they ignore, they tend to be able to avoid the thing that they're wanting to avoid. Selective hearing in this sense is a big part of avoidance behavior, right? What you want to do is to be able to identify whether or not it's something that they are doing. So I've had a lot of parents who come to me and go, you know what, I'm genuinely concerned that my child can't hear, right? That there might be like a hearing issue here. To, you know, I've sent many, many a family to go get their child's hearing assessed just to rule out any structural issues that could potentially be affecting it. I've had some kids that we found out um, have issues with listening, uh, hearing particular tones and pitches, and that affected their ability to respond to verbal instruction. Mm -hmm. So that was something that was helpful for parents to know, rule out sort of the medical side of things but if you're pretty sure that your child doesn't have a hearing issue and it might just be behavioral then what I would recommend is to be persistent, Right? don't shout instructions from across the house um, if your child is not responding, come within closer range, Come bend down to their level so that eye contact is engaged um, and so that that way if a child is doing it to just ignore you, they don't really have the chance to do so, so it's about being persistent because if you walk away and go, fine, whatever, you're not listening to me, they are most likely going to be repeating it over and over again the next time.
0: Kajana, in your experience, what happens to a child who's left unchecked when it comes to selective hearing?
1: You know, like we touched on a little bit earlier, it will affect their ability to respond to the world around them. So if we're looking within the academic context, we run the risk of them missing valuable information within the classroom. So kids will be missing out on school, they'll be missing out on homework. Um, It also affects their social skills because kids are probably not going to be very good at interacting when they're not really fully paying attention to what is, what is being uh, discussed. Um, so in that sense, we're creating a situation where children find their primary environment quite difficult. Um, a lot of families do miss out on it because I think if you have a child who has selective hearing or who practices selective hearing within the household, we as adults, we tend to kind of acclimate and adjust around that. So we would make concessions like I mentioned earlier, maybe coming up to their lineup site making instructions very brief like we'd make those concessions but the real world probably won't and other children definitely won't so because of that you will see kids maybe not having very good social groups or social interactions um, because they'll be known as the kid who you can ne- you know who never um, follows through on a conversation uh, will maybe be jumping from one topic of conversation to another isn't practicing very good listening um, so he might not you know have very good social relationships and definitely from an academic standpoint Quite a lot of A lot of effects there And then that will domino When they go to university And when they start Having jobs So it can be a real problem If left unchecked
0: Oh wait So this in this case The kid is going to be ostracized Because he selectively chose Not to listen to something And then it became A natural thing for him Not to continue the conversation but- So
1: again I mean part of it Could be intentional Right Part of right. it could be like Oh my gosh This topic is so boring Right So if someone's talking about Something that they're interested in But this particular child Isn't really uh, They might intentionally Tune it out Because like Oh my gosh This is so boring but it's dangerous in class
0: sometimes things do get boring Hmm.
1: yes exactly right so you can see how it has a bigger implication so if kids are practicing selective hearing and tuning out things that they don't enjoy or tuning out things that are not important um, that's why you sometimes get kids who you'll be talking about something and then they immediately switch the topic that's probably because they were tuning you out and were thinking about the interesting thing they want to talk about right and so that can impact upon their conversational skills Um, so (laughs) I'm chuckling here
0: because you is looking at me. <laughs> <laughs>
1: But I mean, it happens to the best of us. Like, I've been in conversations with people who go on and on. And sometimes I'm zoning out too. I think it's a natural thing that we do. But, you know, with kids, it might be something that could potentially be a problem. But, you know, again, if you have sensory issues, even more so.
0: If it's coming to a point that's becoming more and more serious, how should we approach the topic of selective hearing with our child?
1: So, I mean, it. first thing, again, we want to make sure whether it's something that is not uh, associated with with a with the factor they can't control. So say they do have an actual hearing issue. So rule that out first before you go around accusing your child of ignoring you, right? Because that could have some side effects if they genuinely can't. So first thing or first good practice is to make sure that we rule out that there isn't a biological or physical explanation for what's going on. The next thing you want to do is to have a conversation with your child about it. Like, you know, mommy notices whenever, you, whenever mommy asks you to do homework, you're always kind of closing your ears and not taking not paying attention. Why is that? You know, so it can be something that's uh, brought to their attention rather playfully. You don't have to go like, you know, all accusatory and prosecutorial on them in the first run. Don't go
0: Terminator on them.
1: Don't go all Terminator on them, right? Mm -hmm. So the first thing you want to do is just to draw their attention to it. And whenever they do come to you to ask for something, you can turn that into a teaching moment. So be like, okay, so you see how when you used your words and mommy listened really well, I was able to give you what you want really quickly. So maybe, that's something that we should try too. So we want to have this... this experience where they go, oh, wow, it was way faster that way than it was my way, right? Mm -hmm. So that's kind of the stuff. We want to draw their attention to it and we want to be able to replicate by modeling what the correct response for things are. Um, But in the initial stages, you might want to do little things like, for example, making sure you're in their line of sight, keeping instructions very brief, don't give them essay long things. Um, So for example, I was reading again in another article, um, don't tell your kid like, okay, I want you to go upstairs, do this, do this, that then do this and do that long lengthy instructions are just going to be perfect for them to zone out so make it quick like if you want them to go up and change just go okay pajamas that simple so Mm.
0: what are the things we can do to help a child with selective hearing at home
1: pretty much the same stuff. Just make sure that you're drawing it, att- drawing attention to it with your child, but making sure not to be too judgmental or mean about it. Because again, especially if they're really young, it's not an intentional thing in the negative way. It's something that they've learned from their you know initial years that has a functional purpose, and they're just replicating it. Like crying, like attention seeking, it's all the same thing. So it, there is no malicious intent most of the time. So the first thing you want to do is to draw their attention to it in a very gentle way. Um, Make sure that you are obtaining their attention when you are giving them instructions eye contact, call their name, pat them on the shoulder, make sure that their attention is squarely on you when you are giving them these instructions. Don't try to talk to your kid when they've got earphones in. Uh, Don't try to talk to your kid when they're watching TV. Make sure they're engaged with you when you are giving them the instruction. Next, make sure the instructions are brief and straight to the point, not essays long, not 10 minutes long. Um, And then of course, again, modeling. So making sure that you are showing them with example what it's like when you're paying attention because the last thing you want to do is to be making noise that your kid's not paying attention and then when they need something from you you're on your phone or you're on your computer and you're just not showing them right. what good listening skills are like because that's
0: like do what I tell you to do don't do what I do exactly enough for both willful ignoring and selective hearing what's the ultimate goal parents should keep in mind when communicating with our kids
1: as JD said you know we want to be able to have our kids replicate good behavior and the best person to show show them that will be you right so you know we've talked about how selective hearing is functional in the particular setting we just want to be able to teach our kids that there are certain situations where it is helpful and certain situations where it's important to pay attention and the only way to do that is to show them with our own interactions with them so be extremely mindful over your own practices in front of your kids um, and so that will yeah that will kind of give them the the, the foundations they need.
0: And what's your advice to parents who might lose their patience when their child doesn't respond to them immediately? <laughs> uh, the, the, Did you notice uh, I just rolled my eyes? Doesn't. Yes, a
1: little. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like this is a very personal question as well. No, um, not at all. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> Sorry, John. No, um, actually,
0: yeah. I actually have to say with my kiddo, he's he's actually really, really good at this. And if he's not absorbing what I'm saying since he was young, we have this open communication. He's like, I'm not taking it in. I'm too tired or I'm too angry mm. or I'm too sad. Can we talk about this later? So, you know, mm. I have to say we're pretty good there.
1: That's really, really good because ultimately he's telling you, he's giving you a warning that he's not listening because yeah. he's reasons X, Y, and Z, right? So that's good, right? And and that's the thing. Like We want to be able to create that precedence with our kids where you know there are days where we are pretty tired as well as adults right I mean I'm a therapist I, I talk to people all day and then when I go home the last thing I want to do is to talk with some people right so sometimes I get home and I'm just like I'm too tired right talk so, to the hand <laughs> yeah, talk to the hand you yeah. know and so prefacing that or telling people that is actually quite a good uh, skill right so, so kudos to him but I think that you know To parents, it is normal to lose your temper. It is normal to lose patience, right? Especially when your child is just being extra difficult when you've got a lot going on. So if you lose, you know, blow your lid and stuff every once in a while, it's okay. Remember what I've said repeatedly before, always go back. Can explain yourself or always go back and rectify that. Um, but the main thing here is consistency. So if you are, you know, just so sick and tired of having to deal with this and you're letting your child get away with stuff, the only person who's going to suffer from that is you because your child is going to keep doing that, right? So while we understand and empathize with how frustrating it's going to be, remember that consistency and persistence is key. And if you are going to slack, it is going to affect how your child responds to you.